Scott and Paul Show, episode 42. I don't know what the topic is, but I'm pretty sure Scott was not happy about the last Jedi, end of Jedi, whatever the heck it was, but Scott's not the only one who wasn't happy. Or was he? Was there any light in the end of the tunnel? Probably not. Or something, maybe. I don't know. Scott and Paul show. Scott, you look bad. Yeah, 21 days with a migraine. It sucks. But anyways. <coughs> oh, God, I just caught it. <coughs> I'm thinking that it's my brain is developing scar tissue to try to remove the memory of Last Jedi from it. That's my best guess. But I'm just a hater. I just hate it because it didn't go the direction I wanted it to go. Yeah. Well, the direction I wanted it to go was good, not shit. So sorry to disappoint. Well, uh, at least it didn't rape your childhood, right? Yeah, I don't get into all that, I guess. But I'm just saying, spoilers ahead. Yeah, at the end of the show, we'll, we'll spoil the hell out of it. The, the problem with Last Jedi, well, hell, it's only down to like, what, 600 theaters now? Yeah, the problem with Last Jedi is there's the biggest problem is the pacing. The pacing is absolute trash. The editing, I don't know. The editing, as far as the story beats, they decide to go back and forth between two different plot lines. I got going on, not very good choices. The so it's a little choppy there. The one plot line is actually okay. That's the best I can give it. The other is absolute dog shit. <laughs> and they spend like 50 minutes of the movie on the absolute dog shit part. And uh, and not to mention it looks like a, a, a Disneyland commercial. That shitty plot line. So, I mean, it's just stuff like that. Laura Durham's a total waste. Her character was poorly written. Her interactions with Leia was poor. Um, no offense to Carrie Fisher, but age and time has really decreased her ability to act um cigarettes drugs everything so you know it's just the way life is you know she just nothing in the movie made much sense it didn't have it didn't follow a logical progression most of the time and like i expect there to be lapses in logic but i can usually turn my brain off much easier on these movies than paul can (laughs) paul picks them apart I tend to let my brain just, <laughs> like, just let it ro- ride. But Star Wars was so unassailably defying logic for two hours that I, I couldn't avoid all of it. And 
you know, I think a lot of that to do with Rian Johnson wanting to make his own thing, but you're part of a trilogy. And I think Kathleen Kennedy probably dropped the ball on keeping an overar an overarching story throughout the whole thing because they it just didn't seem like anybody knew what the hell they wanted to do with the story. So it's like almost like we did this retro remake of A New Hope that a lot of people liked and had a fairly decent execution and kind of shocked us and we didn't know what to do with it. So that's that. I mean, bottom line. If if you find the theater it's still playing Last Jedi and it's playing Jumanji, go see Jumanji twice. It looks like <laughs> a lot of people did. Yeah, Jumanji's pretty good. Yeah. Last Jedi, not so much. And I don't laugh at comedies very often, and I found myself cracking up at Jumanji quite a bit. Not really cracking up, but if I'm laughing, they're probably doing something right. Okay, well... That's the spoiler-free review of Star Wars. Yeah, spoiler-free. That's the happiest Scott's going to be today when it comes to Star Wars because it it may get worse. Um, so we're having another trilogy along with Ryan Johnson's trilogy. You're getting another trilogy by Game of Thrones creators. I don't know how to pronounce this fucker's name. David Benoff and D.B. Wise? Probably Weiss. Weiss? Yeah, I don't know. Probably. He, he thinks he's wise, probably. Probably Weiss. But, Benoff yeah. and Weiss. Um, there's, it's separate from the Skywalker trilogy and Johnson's. So, that's really all we have. That's it. I mean, you know, that's interesting. We don't really have any information. Um, but Ryan, jo- Ryan Johnson getting the freaking trilogy is just oh wow i have no faith i have zero faith in that uh after last jedi man jeez is a mess and excuse me audience of 12 i have a uh, <laughs> a little bit of a cold too so i mean the game of thrones stuff i like game of thrones but it can be a little choppy at times because they're adapting the source material into an hour episode and they only have well, so many episodes. And then the and book talking, finished yeah, before. Five, <laughs> yeah, you got five or six hundred freaking page books, or however long they are. So it can get choppy at times, but yeah. overall, I like Game of Thrones. I so. like the Telltale series, but I don't like the TV series. So, nah, whatever. Yeah, I need to play the Telltale. It was good. If you would have kept your PlayStation Plus, you could have got it for free. Yeah. 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 You should have gotten yeah, just, it. You had PlayStation Plus at the time. Maybe you had I No, I have it. I have it. I just don't have it. Um, you haven't played it? It's not. I don't have a subscription, so I can't access it. But you had it for free. I mean, you still... Oh, yeah, that's right. You got rid of it. You, yeah, once okay. I... Yeah. Yeah. You lost your, your access to it. Yeah. But what you did have access to was Solo, a Star Wars official teaser. And we saw just how bad... Han Solo is going to be. Oh, wow. Yeah, that was brutal. Like, the trailer's good. It's the guy playing Han Solo is like, holy cow. If it, it He better, like, absolutely shock us. <laughs> we said <laughs> all along to... they should have hired that the impersonator. <clears throat> oh, yeah, the, imper- the YouTube impersonator? Yeah, he was good. Yeah, all you got to do is... I mean, they could have done, like, double duty. They could have hired that guy for, like, $100,000 and hired Harrison Ford. 
and have him stand in the room with with Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford does the line, and then he impersonates it perfectly. <laughs> yeah. There you go. You know. Yeah. I mean, instead of playing, you... paying this guy like a million yeah. bucks or whatever they paid him. Um, uh, he I, probably you know, could he have hired him cheaper too. Nicholson, which doesn't it doesn't bother me. That he looks like Jack Nicholson, but I'm subjectively I'm not digging the hair at all. But as far as everything else in the trailer, man, I, I'm interested. But I'm just afraid that the actor is going to keep me completely out of the moment. Then there's apparently more. Now this is kind of fanboyish, but the Millennium Falcon is pointed on the end rather than having the mandible claws. The Millennium Falcon's different. Oh, it'll go through kind changes. Of, yeah. So, I guess they're throwing out 40 years of canon that it, it locks on the cargo containers with that claw and moves them was its original design. I don't know if they're throwing that out or not. Maybe it's maybe it has like a shutter that opens up when it does that and it closes just for appearance or something. Who knows? Or maybe Han Solo wrecks it. <laughs> Who knows? Um, do you see? But Ron? I might be wrong. I might be wrong about the actor that plays Han Solo, and it's like Alfred Einstein or something. Alfred Eichmann. I don't know what his name is. I think I just combined. Alfred his name was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I believe there was rumors that he was having a lot of trouble acting. But I can't remember, and I'm not bothering to look it up before we move on to our next topic. Yeah, because we're going to talk about The Rock. Did you see the trailer for Skyscraper? No. I've just seen the post. It looks pretty cool. It's basically a PG-13 diehard with a one-legged man and ass-kicking contest. I've heard that. That's what it is. But it's The Rock. They rescue his daughter or something, right? It's a FBI negotiator who was severely wounded in the field and framed in a Hong Kong for murder while his family is kidnapped and trapped in the world's tallest building set ablaze. So it's basically, what was that movie? Where the uh, building was on fire and they're trying to get out. Towering Inferno? Yes. Yeah. So you kind of got Die Hard, Towering Inferno. Yeah, my movie rock. cred just went up for whipping that out fast. <laughs> was it, what was it? Inferno. Disaster Sundays or something was on TBS or something. They played a disaster movie for a while. Yeah, yeah, like one. Just like week. one year they did that. Yeah, one every week. Yeah. Um, you had that. See, I don't even have to see the trailer. It's got the rock in it. I'm gonna go watch yeah. it. And then you had the one of the the ship that flipped over. Poseidon Incident and all that. Poseidon Adventure. Yeah. They did two of those. And, well, I used to think that was a really good movie until I found out about the rape scene in the book. I was like, this, no, oh, they went down to shit. The, uh, rape scene in the book? Yeah. Remember the uh, the guy and like the teenage girl? Yeah. Okay. In the book, he rapes her. And they're going under the boat and he's, he's taking her out and helping her. Yeah. He rapes her in the book. Yeah, that'd be my priority. <laughs> so, you know, she's like, it's upside down. We'll rape her while I'm doing this yeah. survival thing. Yeah. We're, we're trying to get out here, but no, I'm just going to take her down the bottom of the boat while we're trying to get up. Yeah, so he, he rapes her in the book. But they decide, huh. no, we're going to cut this out from, from the script. Like, I watched the remake once. It was okay. Yeah. There was actually some pretty cool CGI in that one. 
the ship looked awesome when it was like sinking and stuff. Spoiler alert. Yeah, yeah. And Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle, is The Rock's highest-grossing domestic film. It's well on its way worldwide to nine hundred million dollars. I think the last time we checked, it was like what eight hundred and eight hundred eighty-three million. Yeah. And it is now the number thirty-eight all-time domestic film yeah, with The Rock. It's it, a remake of Jumanji. Or sequel, sequel, yeah, sequel. A, I just a soft reboot, basically. Like twenty five years after the first one, I just I thought the trailer looked good. I just wouldn't have ever expected it to be the hit that it was. All time worldwide, number forty nine. It's in the top fifty. And they are already in the planning stages for number three. And the all time adjusted, it's one hundred eighty four. That's not shabby. There's a lot of damn good movies. Yeah. There we go. Number 370 on opening weekends. So it must have been word of mouth that really helped it. I mean, it is the rock. I mean. Yeah. Smallest drops, it's number four for 3,000 plus theaters. That's pretty good. Screenwriters Scott Rosenberg and Jeff Pinnaker are in talks to pen the script for Jumanji 3. In addition to being two of the many writers that worked on Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle, the duo is known for writing scripts as The Amazing Spider-Man 2, The Dark Tower, and The Fifth Wave, and also the upcoming Venom, which that teaser trailer came out the other day, and oh boy. Yeah, I didn't see the teaser. Not I, very, I saw a picture. I didn't know there was a teaser. Yeah. Well, to me, the formula for Marvel is running kind of dry. Well, this Who's, is a Sony. Is this Sony? It's Sony. Sony yeah. owns all the Spider-Man. Oh, they didn't... Mm-mm. Fox was bought by Disney. I mean, I, I was under the impression, since they were having Spider-Man in Sony movies, that, or in Marvel movies, that Marvel would probably just be... Nope, Sony shot their wad and was like, nope, we are going to go off and just make our own whole little universe over here. And, and, and Kevin's like, you're going to fuck this up again, aren't you? Yeah. They're like WB when it comes to Spider-Man. But, um, no, Venom has absolutely nothing to do with Spider-Man in the Marvel right, universe. right. He's like, well, what the fuck ever? Do what you want to do. So there's that video where Kevin Feige and whoever that woman was was talking about how, oh, we're going to go off, we're going to make this whole universe, and it's Spider-Man, and it's all going to be connected with Marvel. And <laughs> you can see Kevin's like, no, it ain't. No, it's not. He's just shaking his head like, you don't know what the fuck you're talking about because you're going to fuck this shit up. Yeah. 
Hopefully it tanks if they do. Yeah. I mean, let me get me wrong. The Marvel formula is wearing a little bit thin because the one-liners have taken over the movies. Yeah. Well, it's, it's just too much. It's not made for us anymore. No, no. And we, as we a can... fan of one-liners, it's saying something when I can't stand the amount of one-liners in your film. You can tell by Doctor Strange how they made that film. It's not for us. Yeah. It's like... I mean, I enjoy the movies. Don't get me wrong, mm-hmm. for the most part. Um, but like, it's like they would have, say, somebody's raping Black Widow. Tony Stark would come in the saber, and he'd crack a joke before he'd rescue her. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, are you kidding me? It's it. They don't ever. Yes, I know you got to break that seriousness up every once in a while in these movies, but it's like absolutely not the appropriate time to be throwing humor out. Sometimes. Yeah. Masters of the Universe. David S. Goyer passes on directing duties. So, the guy who keeps continuously fucking up Superman and Batman has decided that he's going to fuck up Masters of the Universe. Yeah. The only downside to that is Michael Bay, man, with the reins to Masters of the Universe. Yeah. Um, Just because it's Michael Bay and he pisses me off. I thought McGee was going to be doing this. At one time. Yeah, I do remember that rumor from way back or news bit. So no, maybe I don't. I think I think, Mc, I, I think McG was going to do Masters of the Universe. McG's another Is, one that's just he uh, he's he's his terrible. Charlie Angels bullshit. Yeah, it was terrible. Terminator Salvation would have had a better script. The directing was decent on it. It was just the freaking script. Didn't know what the hell it wanted to do with John Connor and the cyborg. But yeah. anyways, we're not talking about that yeah. too much. Because yeah. I can go off on a tangent on that shit. I, mean, I, w- I will say, Blade 2 was a fucking badass film. Yeah, Blade 2 was good. And David did write that. He wrote yes. all of them. So yeah. maybe he might have an affinity for Masters of the Universe. So it might, uh, it might be awesome. 66% on Blade movies. Yeah. <laughs> Part 3 was trash. Yeah. It's just if we maybe he's a little Blade. busy, but if, Blade Trinity may be the only vampire movie I've ever seen once. Maybe <laughs> I think I've I've even seen some of the Hammer movies like twice. Maybe if he if we can get Del Toro to do Master of the Universe, it'd be awesome. But he's a little busy. Yeah, we'd have Gothic uh, He Man. Yeah, or They Person. <laughs> uh, yeah well speaking of mcg or not mcg but um michael bay apparently he's rumored or locked into lobo i'm not sure which but that's like, very very disturbing at least the explosion quotient will be correct yeah but that's uh, the only thing they'll get right he got that right uh, that's so sad Thing is, a guy can make a decent flick once every twenty years, or is it only one decent flick in twenty well, years? Well, it's like J.J. Abrams; he's only done one movie I like. That's Forever Young. That's it. I like. Uh, did he do uh, eight, eight, not eight millimeter, but uh, Super Eight? I think so. I like Super Eight. The end was a little wonky, but I like Super Eight. Well, going back to the 
Marvel news. Actor Chris Hemsworth delivers some sad news while appearing on the Channel 7 Sunrise program, saying that as it stands now, he is done playing the character Thor in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. My contract is coming to an end. We just finished the last two Avengers. Who knows what the future holds? We felt like we reinvented the last one in a big way. We might have a conversation if there's another great script that comes along. But at the moment, that's it. So, did you well, see uh, Ragnarok? Yes. It was a very good superhero Star Wars flick. It was piss poor Thor. Because Thor turned into Space Bro. Like, total transformation. It's like basically you gave Star Lord a hammer. <laughs> that must be the reinvention he's talking about. Yeah, they did. Which, I mean, some of the direction's fine, but. I don't know. There's a lot of tone that they have lost in translation with Thor that they had bits and pieces of in the first two. But, I mean, even if they went with more like the Ultimates version of Thor, which is what I thought they were going to do, um, that would be, I don't know. It's a good, Ragnarok was awesome. I love the movie, but that's only because I took myself out of the Thor shoes. Thor's not Thor anymore. Yeah, so Thor doesn't seem like the guy who's going to beat Thanos' ass. And no, it's going to be himself. Tony Stark. Yeah. And he won't have his armor on. His armor will get taken out, and he'll have some sort of, you know, ex machina or whatever, and pull it off. It's whatever their MacGuffin of the week is. Well, <laughs> I guess it's not MacGuffin of the week. It's the MacGuffin of the entire universe of... Marvel's cinema. <laughs> it's the theta, yeah. the Infinity Gauntlet. So I guess I can't call it that kind of MacGuffin, but um, yeah, it'll be Tony Stark. Yeah, we kind of knew that. This paycheck yeah. will demand it. I want it to be Thor, though. I do want it to be Thor. I want it to be like classic Thor. I want him to like come down with the winged helmet and everything and just be like, you know what? I've had enough of your bullshit. Wham! Like right between the eyes. But, whatever. <clears throat> I, you know, it escapes me. Who the hell took him out in the Infinity War comic? I can't remember. I was in my early 20s the last time I ever looked at that. Um, wasn't it? If I had to guess, it was Wolverine. <laughs> no, it wasn't Wolverine. I just read this thing like a few months ago. I think it was... Wasn't it Galactus? Wasn't didn't all of them get together? Uh, well, I don't really remember. Oh hell! Move on to the next topic, and I'll look it up. But what we do know is that a dude whose name I forgot, Matt Phillips, the developer Matt Phillips, is going to be making a new video game for the Sega Mega Drive system using the old dev kits that he <laughs> picked up off of, I guess, eBay and some other places. Uh, I forgot the name of the game already. What the hell's the name of it? This is what happens when you only watch videos, kids. And you don't take notes because this is... Like Tumbleweed or... Tumbleweed or something. Don't play video. Fucking audio. But, um... You will actually be able 
to play this on your Sega Master Drive. Mega Drive, not Master Drive. A little bit for our time. Uh, so your Genesis and all that bullshit. But, because there's not that many of them that actually still work, or people have them, you will be able to also play this on PC. He did go to... Sega and asked him... Tanglewood. Tanglewood, yeah. Yeah, fuck the Infinity War thing. It was too convoluted. I think all of them just got together and just... Yeah, there was a. I was trying to read the wiki, and there was just like fifty names rolling up, and the word "the end" was not jumping up at me. So I was like, I quit. This <laughs> is old school horseman beatdown is what it was. Yeah, I, Thor freaking wins. Thor beat yeah. Thanos. It's official. <laughs> we're rewriting it like WWE. We're rewriting right. our history. Yeah, this is that's what we're doing. We're changing everything, right? Yeah. Screw the continuity. Screw the established yeah, there's, characters. There's no continuity anymore. But uh, he went to Sega, asked them if they could put it out, and they said, we, we can't really test this shit and make sure everything works. But, hey, you kind of have our blessing to go out there and do it. Good luck, man. Hope yeah, but it wasn't the old like seal of quality and play test was basically plugging it into the system and hitting the button? Hmm. I mean, isn't that essentially what it was, to make sure there was a game? <laughs> yeah. I mean... The Nintendo Seal of Quality wasn't really that big a deal. It was just a marketing tool so to try to beat out from the crash from the uh, Atari stuff. Yeah. Because um, there's plenty of shit in Nintendo games. Oh, yeah, there's a shitload. Especially if you go on the eShop right now for Nintendo Switch, there's 423 games on the eShop right now for Nintendo Switch. This thing Damn. came out what March of last year? Yeah. So I was right, which I don't think I talked about it on the show, but this thing is a mobile Steam. That's, yeah, that's, that's a lot is. of games. Because most of these games came out on Steam like five years ago, anyway. So. Well, yeah, but you can get them on Steam like super cheap. Yeah. They're, they're gonna be ten, fifteen dollars on, for the most part, on the Switch. But. I think Which, some people don't have a have Steam, so Speaking of Nintendo, you only got no. you only have until the end of what, next month to put eShop funds or Wii Shop funds if you want to download anything from WiiWare or Virtual Console for the original Wii. You could download up until like March of two thousand nineteen, but you can't add money to your account after March of this year. So I picked up uh Contra Rebirth, which is really good, and My Life as a Dark Lord, which is a Final Fantasy tower defense game. Mm. It's pretty freaking good. And then you moved them all over to your Wii U? Yeah, I downloaded them on my Wii U yeah. through the virtual, the emulated Wii that's on it. Mm. My Wii U that has a busted gamepad. Yeah. That's $100 to fix. I haven't fixed it yet. Yeah. Well, the screen works, like displays, but the touch screen and the buttons are all jacked up. There's no fix in it already. Took it apart and replaced it with new parts. One of the boards is shot. But yeah, it's $100 to fix it or $100 to buy a new one. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. <laughs> I think it'd be like $50 to fix it. Yeah. Um, what's going on now with Nintendo? Well, Nintendo made a couple of announcements. 
Mario Kart will be coming to mobile. And Mitomo is dead. Yeah, it was short lived. It was a bad idea. It was it was it was a bad idea that was poorly implemented that might have worked ten years ago. They just did not understand the the market. Yeah, when cell phones were newer that might have been something that could have worked a little better. But without direct communication in the app there was it mm. wasn't a good messaging app. No, no, it's just that's that's the problem. They're so scared of conversation privacy. between Yeah. Yeah. It's like oh dear God, somebody's gonna talk to a kid. Yep. It was fun for like five minutes we tested it. Yeah. And then the next five minutes was like, Yep, this is delete. Yeah, delete. So how do you feel about Mario Kart going to mobile? Well, as long as it's a, you got a good price and it's stripped down so it doesn't really directly compete with the console version, kind of like Camaro and Corvettes, strip them down a little bit so it doesn't compete with the same quality, Sonic, then I guess it'll be all right. Sonic wasn't bad on mobile. Have you played that? I played, um, there's this, the Endless Runner one, and then there's, um, shoot, what was that one? I meant the Sonic Racers game, the, uh, the Sonic All-Stars. Was it on mobile? Yeah. iOS oh. it was. I don't know it about It was on everything. Android. It was on, like, 3DS and Vita and everything. But, um, no, I did not play the mobile version. Yeah. The controls were pretty good. That's what they need to figure out, racing controls. A lot of iOS racing games, the controls are shit. Yeah, well, that's most of your mobile games in general are shit controls. But you can have good driving controls if you just pay attention. Hopefully Nintendo will get it right. As much as Nintendo loves the gyroscopes and shit, I wouldn't be surprised if they use your accelerometer to... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like like your camp, like... Your camera wouldn't tilt. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, it wouldn't follow your your rotation, maybe. They'll do something like that. As long as you have the option not to do that bullshit. Yeah. It'll have that option, though. It'll at least be the standard control when you have to switch over to the other one. But as long as they just don't make it quite as good as the Switch versions, or maybe just have a little bit less content, like, say, 16 tracks or 8 tracks yeah. and... 8 to 12 racers instead of having the full 30 tracks and 30 racers. Yeah. Something like that. They're, so they still don't take away from their market. Then again, maybe Switch is going to be so big it doesn't matter if they make it a full-fledged Mario Kart. Because Switch is freaking outsold the Wii in the same time frame. It's already surpassed Wii U lifetime yeah. sales. And it I mean, I'm not, I don't know if it's going to catch the PS4, but, I mean, it's right on the PS4's heels, and it's PS4 is not limited by stock. Yeah. Well, it doesn't seem like the Switch is limited not by as stock limited anymore. As it was. Right. I have not seen one out in the wild, but I've been, I was able to pick one up at Best Buy just saying, hey, I want to pick one up. Okay, come get it. I was at uh, Walmart 
in our small town, and it's a small town of like, I don't know, 2,000 people, 1,500 people, something like that, and there was one Splatoon bundle, and then a few days later, that case was empty, and that was just a few weeks ago. So, I mean, but that's just anecdotal. That's not yeah. wide trend or anything. But that case has stayed pretty much empty. Nintendo and Illumination are partnering on a movie starring Mario, co-produced by Miyamoto and Chris some cocksucker. So, we are getting the Mario movie. Animated feature. Animated. That sounds fantastic. That was the same studio that did the Minions movie, wasn't it? Yep. I like the Minions movie. But Miyamoto is involved creatively. That's interesting. He's a producer, right? Yeah, he's going to oversee it from beginning to end. Well, he's definitely good at overseeing projects. And he's going to get the final cut, probably. Yeah. Hopefully he'll keep Mario true to the, the spirit we don't get mm-hmm. <laughs> the Mario Brothers movie from the 80s. Yeah. Man. But, you know, you never know. You never uh, know. I'm excited to see it. I mean, it's long overdue. I mean, that brand's still huge. Mario's never not been huge since 1985. He did Minions and Sing, and he worked on Ice Age. I heard Sing was good, but I've never seen Sing, so I don't know if it's good or not. Okay, well... It didn't look like it's interesting to me. Never heard of it. It's like uh, a movie with a bunch of animals that sing. And toys at McDonald's. Scott, you're rustling back there. I'm rustling? Yeah. I'm sorry. It's going playing to... with this ice bag that I've been having on my <laughs> neck. I All forgot right. I was using a regular mic. <laughs> okay. Well... Uh, only real other news of interest would be Juice and Thunder Liger versus Rey Mysterio Jr. It's going to happen at uh, the New Japan show at Long Beach, California. So, Sunday, March 25th. Deadpool director to helm a secret X-Men project titled 143. That's, um... Interesting. It's on Cinema Blend. And eventually Scott will watch Jericho vs. Omega. Yeah, I will. I'll try to watch it this week. Okay. Well, that's it. So now... If you have not seen Star Wars The Last Jedi, turn the show off. Scott's getting ready to hate. If you want to hear Scott hate, listen to it. Not, well, don't know when we're going to be back. So, that's it. Thanks for listening. Goodbye.
Okay, Scott. Let the hate begin. All right. Number one is the pacing. The pacing is absolutely super slow. And then, I mean, it gets a little bit more animated when they go to this casino on this one planet. It gets a little more fast-paced visually. But thematically, story progression, it's a snail's pace. Everything is. Um, But the movie opens with... I saw it the opening weekend, and I haven't seen it since, and I've really not discussed it or thought about it very much, which tells you just how poor it was, because I did the prequels. I poured over every freaking detail of them, even though I realized that they were a huge, huge, huge step, many steps below the original trilogy. Um, you know, I spent all kinds of time discussing them, all kinds of time talking about them. I did the same with Force Awakens, did the same with Rogue One, and Last Jedi is the first Star Wars anything I just didn't give a shit about it after it was over. I was mad, and then I was over it, and I moved on. And now here I am revisiting the pain. <laughs> but it opens up with um, this. Here, here's. Man, I could go on about this movie for hours. God. Anyways, it opens up with these Star Destroyers, and they're the new First Order Star Destroyers. And. The design, the art design of some of the ships in the new stuff is really cool. And then you get the new Star Destroyers. They're absolute trash. They're they're just stupid looking. They're ugly. They have nothing aesthetically pleasing about them. They remind me of the majority of freaking Star Wars fanfic spaceships you see people drawing all these years. They just suck. All they do is just, they just make them bigger and bigger and bigger. And now you got one. I mean, it looks like it's the size of the fucking Death Star or something. And it manages to get blown up by like 15 ships just like the Death Star because it has a hole in the fucking middle of it that they drop bombs into the hole and it blows up <laughs> at the beginning of the fucking movie. It's like, oh my god, look out. It's the most powerful ship the First Order has. And they blow it up right at the beginning with these like 15 fucking stupid-looking bombers. Actually, the bombers look pretty cool. Um, but they're a rip-off of an old spaceship that was in the other Star Wars movies. But anyways, they fly over it and drop bombs, which one of the guys at work was like, oh, how are you dropping bombs in space? I'm like, well, once in motion, there's gravity in the ship, and they leave the gravity well. They're still going to be in motion because there's nothing to interrupt their motion in space. But then later, someone from Star Wars officially explained it as they're guided bombs. But anyways, there's a humorous moment at the beginning where Poe Dameron flies his X-Wing up to the Star Destroyer and they just kind of let him approach because it's just a freaking single X-Wing. You think they learned that lesson by now? And he pretends to not be able to hear the commander of the um, Star Destroyer because the Star Destroyer commander is all like, you know, he's like, oh, I'm a badass. I want to tell you off and blah, 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 blah. And then Poe Dameron's like, uh, do you copy? Are you there? I thought it was funny. That's like the thing I've seen the most hate about in the few days that I did kind of talk about the movie. And I thought that was pretty good. That was a, the problem was, was that humor they set in that moment was what they tried to do the entire movie. And it was never as effective, but they had this big, long drawn out scene with these characters that you don't care about because you don't even know who they are. You don't have a name. They just wanted to have a dramatic scene and she struggles to blow up the ship. She's got to release the bombs because her ship's destroyed or being destroyed. They blow the ship up. 
I don't remember what the hell else happens next. Um, Poe goes back to the X-Wing, or back to his base and gets trouble with Leia for blowing the ship up or something. And then you got Ray is on whatever the name of the planet is with Luke or some impersonator of Luke. And not really an impersonator plot-wise. It's just whoever wrote this had no idea who Luke Skywalker is. And Luke, uh, you got this big epic scene at the end of Force Awakens. We're going to find out this truth, this this knowledge. Maybe not like the linchpin of the series or anything. But you're going to find out something. And she hands Luke this lightsaber, and he looks at it, and it's dramatic. And, it, and actually, I mean, it was the really it was the most effective scene in Force Awakens, and it was an extremely effective scene in out of the entire series. And when Luke's, we cut back to wherever Luke's at in Last Jedi, he looks at it, and we get a visual gag. He tosses his lightsaber over his back, stomps off like an old codger. And... Ray, just like the rest of us, is sitting there with her jaw hanging open, like, what the what the fuck? And then he spends the next ten minutes sucking alien cow tits <laughs> and getting <laughs> get money shots from these cows. I'm not kidding. Yeah. And he like his space sea cow thing. And not only that, but like it it's udders, which I I don't really think they're udders. They just look like Analogs to human breast. It's just, it was just repulsive. It was repugnant. It was be, it was beneath what Star Wars is supposed to be, and which is a fun swashbuckling adventure. But Jar Jar Binks was less offensive. Jar Jar Binks stepping in fucking Bantha shit or whatever it was he stepped in. Jar Jar Binks, you know, how wooed and shooting his tongue into the bowl of apples or whatever was less offensive. Everything Jar Jar Binks did was less offensive than Luke Skywalker taking a fucking money shot from a goddamn space cow. I mean, what the hell? So we waited all this time, all these people, all these years, to see what was going to happen since Force Awakens comes out. And we get space money shots on Luke Skywalker. I'm so glad to have seen that. I'm glad we spent time out of this movie that they spent hundreds of millions of dollars and hours making to have Luke squirt milk all over his face it was fabulous fabulous it was worth the price of admission not really and anyways he doesn't want a trainer he doesn't want anything to do with the force he's pissy pants and honestly i'm sitting here and maybe if i was in a better condition without the migraine i could probably think of what his actual issue was but it escapes me at the moment but it doesn't really matter well in the it doesn't it doesn't matter none of it matters not a bit of it matters could you think that maybe he's taking on the role of yoda from episode three well i fucked everything up because that's what yoda did yoda fucked everything up they haven't thought of anything original in this fucking trilogy so far no they haven't but remember i mean you gotta think what george lucas said you know it's a symphony you have the same movements repeat over and over again. Right. That's what right. that's what he did. Mm-hmm. I fucked up just like Yoda did. Mm-hmm. And this is all my fault. I saved the Empire. I brought balance to the Force. And then I went and I fucked everything up. So just like Yoda, he went into hiding. Yeah. Like, yeah I, don't that's, want, I don't want to do You're right. You're right. Shit, that's what so it was. It. So I'm, I'm going to go and become a hermit just like Yoda did. Because I'm a fucking pathetic loser. 
Right, you're just, right. Just like Yoda. He made, a, he made a grievous mistake. You find out later in the film he made a big mistake, and he went into hiding because of it. And that's um, what Yoda did. Man, because I like fucked he says, up. I never this, saw this the train like Anakin. It will. I never right. saw the train Anakin. I knew something was fucked up, and what did I do? I trained him. I fucked this shit up. I'm the reason why the Empire exists. It's all my fault. I'm going to go run and hide, because that's what Jedi do. We run and hide. We don't fight. We run and hide, because we're fucking pussies. That's what yeah, so, a Jedi is. I so we pussy. spend the next like hour trying to get see Luke Skywalker change his mind to help her, or, you know, I don't know, go fight somebody. Eventually, she convinces him to help her learn a few lessons, and then as soon as she shows some weakness, he kind of flips out again. And then we get like Yoda shows up and they have a little chit chat and Yoda basically says, yeah, just let it go, man. Let it all go. And he's right. You know, I guess that well, does speak that, to the fanboys that just get mad at every he fucking He was going to burn counter. the books. He was going to burn all the Jedi books. And you yeah. see that Yoda now has force powers and he can fry the fucking, he can shoot lightning bolts from the heavens. Yeah, so why don't he just go kill Kylo Ren and whatever that useless ass emperor wannabe was Snoke. don't get me started on that shit yet and I just don't even say his name he's not worthy of a name <laughs> he's not worthy of the fucking CGI pixels that he was created from well that, so anyways. That's, that's, that's because Luke has to ascend cause you know the, the, the mentor always has to die in these films uh huh and that's fine that's fine because we'll it, took, that. It, it took fucking you know 40 fucking years for Yoda to finally learn how to shoot a fucking lightning bolt out of his ass when he's dead. Yeah. I mean, he could have really saved a lot of lives. Yeah, he could have fucking took out the entire... And I'm cool with cool new force powers. Don't get me wrong, but I yeah, need him to make a little fine. bit of sense. No, whatever. And he could have done this shit and, you know, Return of the Jedi. He could like, really could have helped fucking Luke out. I'm but... fine with Space Leia. I just thought it was poorly shot and composited. It was just everything about it was just terrible. <laughs> it wasn't the fact that she used the force to pull herself into the ship before she died from exposure to the vacuum of space. It was the way it was shot, the way it was lit, the way she portrayed it, the way it was composited on the screen, the music that went with it. Everything about it was terrible. I'm not against the concept. It was just, but anyways, the whole point back to Poe and that bunch of bullshit is the they they jumped to light speed. And they come out of light speed, and the Empire comes out behind them. So the Empire can track them through hyperspace because we got a brand new super ability and plot device, whatever. And now they can't keep jumping because they're running low on fuel. So anyways, the Empire – now get this. This is one of these leaps of logic that really jumped out at me while I was watching this. Is the Empire can track them through, light, through hyperspace. So they can't jump to hyperspace. So why don't the Empire, they start chasing them, right? And it's just like slow chase through space. You got one ship following the other. And the Empire's just out of range of most of the ships. And as the movie progresses, these ships run out of fuel and they fall behind. And the Empire blows them up with their big Star Destroyer. So the Empire could track them through hyperspace. The Empire knows exactly where they're at because they know they're not going anywhere because they're not going to jump to hyperspace. So instead of chasing them for like four days, why didn't they just do like a micro jump? Jump out, jump back in, and blow them up. 
it's pointless. It was the chase is utterly pointless, and that's my problem. You need to make it to where there's a point, you know. And it was absolutely pointless. The entire chase was. And then you got this new admiral, who her design, you know, that they gave her with the purple hair and the way she dressed and stuff. First off, she's a fucking admiral. You know, make her look like a damned admiral. But it was just like. What's the laziest way we can make somebody look like they're sci-fi? Purple Let's hair. Spray their hair purple, blue, or pink, or something. That's exactly what they did. It was absolutely ridiculous looking. And uh, <laughs> Laura Dern. I mean, I like Laura Dern. I think she's yeah, a good she's actor. She's a great actress. Yeah, but she's very good. Depending on her role. This role didn't cut it, and yeah. her interaction with Leia was very forced, from a writing and acting standpoint. None of it flowed. None of it made any sense. She was basically a lawyer. Now, had she been a traitor, this would that would have been a good twist. That would have been a good – it would have been good. Everything would have made sense that the Admiral was trying to do because she's got this grand plan. And Poe's trying to find out what the plan is, and she's like, I'm not telling. And the plan ends up sucking anyways. But Yeah, but like Poe's- If you just would have told him, he wouldn't have mutinied on your ship and caused all these other problems. But – Poe's such a... You can't trust Poe not to follow orders. He's kind of a rogue. Right. If, yeah. he, if he would just follow fucking orders and do what people say, it wouldn't be a problem. But everything's on a need-to-know basis anyway. Yeah, so Wasn't what about the like, thousand people that must have been preparing the ships and the fuel lines? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but they don't know what they're preparing it for. Did they? Yeah, true. I mean, the admiral's not going to tell the person below them what they're doing it for. Just go and prepare your ship. I'll let you fucking know what you're doing later. I'm not going to tell you where you're going. Once you're up in flight, you, your orders can change in mid-flight. That happens all the time. Yeah. She was kind of an idiot. I don't care. Yeah, I mean, all their fucking plans suck. I mean... It's it's fine to change why I mean it's it's you don't always have to have your plans work out because it's okay to have reality in there. All your plans work. No. Sometimes your plans fucking fail. Add drama into it. But you don't want to go fucking two and a half hours and just have everybody look like a fucking dumbass. Yeah. I mean I get I get why Admiral, whatever the fuck her name was, didn't tell him to a point. But it's like, it, I don't know. It just it made everything drag, and it created this whole side story of sending Finn and whatever the hell she was. Uh, what the hell was her name? Rose. Rose was the character. She catches Finn. Okay, so get this. It would be, this would be okay for a TV show, but not for a movie. You don't want to watch this again and again. Yeah, and yeah, if it was like an episode of a Star Wars TV series, it probably wouldn't have been that bad because yeah. you'd be like, ah, okay, we we'll move on to the next thing next week. No, it's a part of the sequel trilogy. Yeah. That's the problem. Yeah. And so, anyways, they come up with this plan that they need to be able to break into the Star Destroyer. Well, apparently, you can hack a Star Destroyer's shields remotely. So they go to this planet, or they go to this planet on. Um, some stupid name because they come up with terrible names. This is the Can't gambling, gambling yeah, bullshit. 
yeah. gambling stuff. And they go to this casino, which there's a couple things in the casino I did like. Most of it I didn't. I liked the little droid or the little guy getting drunk trying to stick coins in BB-8. I thought that was funny, you know. But I mean, and BB-8 was turned up to like a twelve in this, and it was really annoying. And I like BB-8. But anyways, the planet it was this big side story about how rich people are terrible and we ought to just destroy everything they have. And um, are you saying there is some social justice bullshit in this? Well, yeah. I mean, and the thing is, anybody listening, when it comes to social justice, I'm not the biggest fan of a lot of that stuff. But the things that I am a fan of politically, I don't want shoved down my throat when I'm watching a movie. So whether I'm against it or for it, I just want that escapism. So it's not really the social justice side of it that bothered me. It was the force feeding of more agenda that gets on my nerves. But that's not why I dislike the film. I've I've watched a lot of movies that have that stuff. Justice League has a scene right in the beginning of it that basically spits in my face, but I thought the movie was okay. But they're always it, yeah had rich people and poor people in Star Wars. Yeah, and there's always been in in stories and stuff. Yeah. There's always been this rich versus poor kind of thing. And, I mean, hell, Luke was a slave boy. Not, yeah. yeah. Anakin right. was a slave, so but you know it's you like, had to show it bad. Let's tear up everything they have, and then there was the like animal rights thing, which I'm all for. It just wasn't interesting in this film, and they were rescuing these racing animals that look like cross between horses and jackals or something, mm-hmm. and <clears throat> they rescue them. It's all well and done, you know. I'm all for animal rights, but and I, I'm against animal cruelty and all that, but. It just wasn't interesting. It wasn't well done, and it's forced down your throat. So see, there's a political kind of point that I agree with that was forced down the viewer's throat when I'm looking for that escapism. And it would have been different if it just would have been a scene where they display some compassion or something. But instead, they derail the entire movie to do it. That's the biggest problem. You know, Forget even shoving shit down people's throat. I can get over that. You derailed the entire film to give these two characters something to do. They ended up not being that ended up being completely meaningless. It had no bearing on the plot of the movie. You could literally not and this will probably happen, just like with the Phantom Cuts and all that, the edits of the other movies. Somebody will probably remove every Rose and Finn scene from the film and it will make zero difference to the story. But Scott, she falls in love with him in like two days. Even less than that. Like, hey, it was their love angle was poor, even by '80s action movie standards. <laughs> she, Scott, she sees a Man, hero. She was waiting for shit. a hero. Yeah, and she saw him, and she fell in love with him. The biggest problem with Rose is she was portrayed and written as an imbecile, who is also pretty smart, but she just she's just a bumbling idiot. And she's a techie, so she does some techie things in the film to help him get by. But, I mean, she's just she's useless, and so was Finn. Finn was totally useless. And they took her, and at the end of the movie, Finn's going to sacrifice himself to try to stop this, you know, this big door-busting laser. The Empire landed on the planet 15 miles from its target, even though there's no shield generator to stop him, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> at least in Empire Strikes Back, it made sense why the walkers had to walk. And this one, I don't think it did. I might have to watch it again. I might be wrong. <clears throat> but anyways, <clears throat> he's going to stop this door-busting laser. 
and he's going to crash into it or something, and she comes from the side and knocks his – which I don't know how she caught up with him, passed him, and then hit him at a 90-degree angle from the side anyways. It was love, Scott. But love love is just – yeah, love got her through, buddy. And got her now, crashed too. She got her crashing in a coma or something, and he's <coughs> like looking at her like, "Sorry, babe, I like the white girl." Yeah, <laughs> he's gonna tear that shit up. Yeah, that's just tough, you know, because she kissed him at one point in the film, but she's completely under. Well, he was thinking she's, about Ray the whole time, though. She's spoon fed to the audience, and she's just she's terrible in every way. She's not acted well, and she makes these stupid fucking anime faces. With the, like squished up eyes, and it's like, no, no, it's it's not that's not what this series is about. So, and there's some stuff I'm glossing over. Um, Snoke was a complete freaking waste of creative talent whatsoever. You created all this mystery, and there's zero payoff to it. Zero payoff. Now. Granted, maybe he comes back as a force ghost, and they're going to surprise us, and there's going to be a dark side force ghost. I'm all for it in that case. So I, I do at least enter it with the mind of knowing that there's another film to go. But I don't have any faith they're going to do anything like that. He's just out of the picture because Ryan Johnson didn't like him. And Ryan Johnson made some comments, and I can't remember the exact quotes, but it made me think that he was just trying to excise a lot of the J.J. Abrams stuff. And I think J.J. Abrams is going to have to come in and try to write the shit back to what he wanted. But anyways, Snoke... A lot of people complained about how Kylo Ren takes him out, and they were saying things like, "Well, if he's so powerful, why is he just cool?" And this is me defending it: is if he's so powerful, how did he not tell that he was, you know, turning the lightsaber that way? And da da da. Well, it's because he was fucking telling Kylo to do exactly what Kylo was thinking in his head. Snoke just didn't see which lightsaber he was doing. That's the difference. So he turned the lightsaber on while it was sitting on his throne and killed him. But arrogance and pride and ego. It was the downfall of Snoke, just like it was the Emperor fucking around thinking he that Luke was never going to be a threat when the Vader could never be a threat, and it bit him in the ass. Just like Vader's pride and ego led to his fall, um, just like Luke's pride and ego led to him. Oh man, I had a bad dream that Kylo is going to turn bad. Here, let me think about killing him. And he pulls his lightsaber out and he thinks, oh, "I'm not going to do it," but it's too late. Kylo's done woke up like, this motherfucker's going to kill me. Yeah, like, so like, now I'm like rooting for Kylo Ren to kill everybody in the fucking universe. Kylo Ren should win. Well, Kylo should have killed fucking Luke right there. Yeah, he should have stuck a lightsaber right through his heart. Yeah. Man, I'm telling you what. Luke, listen, Kylo Ren gets... Shit on. <laughs> thrown away by his parents. Yeah. Okay, he gets abandoned by his parents. Or we're so we're led to believe abandoned. I don't yeah. know if he was sent away, or if it was like, "Hey, mom, I'll be back at, at vacation when summer vacation starts." Like, you know, kids go to college with Uncle Luke. Yeah. Yeah, you know what I mean. Or was he sent away? And I think I'd have to watch Force Awakens again. But I think he was sent away, wasn't he? I only saw it once. I don't remember. I have to, I have to watch it again. I actually don't mind watching it. I think but, I think he the way he says it, it kind of feels like he was sent away. Yeah, it kind of feels like he was sent away. So, which is probably a disconnect between Ryan Johnson and J.J. Abrams on that anyways. And there's no continuity there. Ryan Johnson's probably not even aware that if the line was said that he was sent away, that it was ever said. You can tell from the way they wrote this fucking film. But anyways, Kylo wakes up. And of course, you have to consider the source, too. If it's Yeah, you got to consider the source. Kylo, the one who's saying it. 
And Kylo looks up, and there's fucking Luke standing over him with the lightsaber, about ready to fucking kill his ass. And then Luke has second thoughts, but too late. Too late. You done thought about killing me, Uncle Luke. Yeah. You were standing there with a lightsaber up over your head. Are you fucking kidding me? First off, good guy Luke Skywalker would have tried to save his nephew. He tried to save his father. Yeah. I mean, and that that he never met. He apparently grew up around his fucking nephew. He, like, meets his fucking father right before his father cuts his fucking hand off after he done murdered his teacher and his family. And he tried to save that guy. But Kylo, who he's apparently at least been around at some level <laughs> for 15 or 20 yeah. years, I'm going to kill this motherfucker. No, that's stupid because it goes against everything that Luke Skywalker is. And I'm up to that point. Up to that point, it goes against what Luke Skywalker is. Luke Skywalker's hope. That's what Luke Skywalker represents. I mean, hell, even fucking... He's a new hope. Yeah. He's a new hope, yeah. Episode yeah. four, he's a new hope. Yeah. And yeah. no matter what, even if he falls to the dark side, he's still... Something about him is going to be about hope. Even though he's always had that hinge of a dark side to him. Yeah, but everybody does. Yeah. Dark side's inescapable. You know, whether you let it control you or not or give in to it and use it, that's a different story. But there's always darkness in people. And... I know there's some revelations about the Force, but I have to watch the movie again to see what the hell they were. But anyways, um, I don't blame Kylo. I would be very angry. I don't think I'd be all emo and killing Han Solo, but I'd definitely be after fucking Luke once I felt like I was strong enough. Fuck that shit. He tried to cut your head off because he feels you're going to go to the dark side. And then you do go to the dark side. Well, you know he's going to come after you. Fuck him. He's done. He's done. But... Luke is pretty powerful. Well, Han's the one who sent him there to get killed by Uncle Luke. Well, I don't. Th- he's sitting there to get trained. <laughs> get trained? He, it was a setup. It's a yeah. setup. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're going to get trained. Train my ass. We'll find out Han's actually a child. Uncle Luke trying to kill me. Movie. That's, what, that's what the Ryan Johnson trilogy is going to be is Han Solo the molester. That's why he stabbed him in the fucking heart. So, anyways, um, Kylo Ren. And Ray. Here's the only other thing I even care to even comment about this movie. I'll go on this one more tangent and then I'm done with it for now. I'll I will try it again whenever it comes out on DVD. Like I'll rent it from Redbox or something. But anyways, the final scene of the movie. Luke shows up on the. Whatever the crate, the new planet crate, and the planet where the one guy has to lick the fucking ground to see that it's not snow. Figured it not being cold would have been the first clue. But second of all, um, Luke shows up. Everybody, the 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 rebellion, resistance, whatever you want to call it, they're defeated. The Empire's about to get them. It's a hopeless situation, and they do actually do a pretty decent job painting it as a hopeless situation. They're outnumbered, outgunned. They're pinned. There's no spaceships. There's nothing. They're just stuck in a dirt hole cave, old worn out base with a bunch of First Order about to whip their ass. And this was one of the better moments of the movie. And Luke shows up and he's looking all slim and trim and got his hair cut and his beard trimmed. And I'm like, this motherfucker's pulled his shit together. This is awesome. So he tells Leia something or other and hands her Han's dice. He walks out. And he faces down all the walkers by himself. And Kylo Ren sees him. And he, the fear is there. 
And he's like, all guns on that man. And they unload. Now, a lot of people are probably assuming that I'm like, oh, into this like anime scene that we basically get here in a second. It was the lead up to it that I thought was the best part. The absolute fear of the power of Luke Skywalker amongst the First Order and Kylo Ren. That was fucking awesome. That's how Luke Skywalker, 40 years after Return of the Jedi, should be. They should fear him. And I mean, they obviously did. That's why the Empire was freak, or the First Order was hunting for him. But that scene really sells it. This dude is a threat. So, anyways, and the scene is pretty cool. Don't get me wrong, but it's it's kind of like an anime inspired kind of deal, like Dragon Ball Z kind of shit. So all the lasers start pounding Luke Skywalker. And they quit firing after a couple minutes. And they, I mean, they've nuked the freaking shit out of everything. And Luke Skywalker's still standing there. He brushes his little shoulder off. It's pretty cool, you know. But I'm thinking, okay, this must be some crazy ass force shit this guy's about to pull. And then I, I didn't, I didn't figure it out. I should have, but I didn't figure it out. Kylo Ren lets his balls drop. He goes down, confront Luke Skywalker on his own. They get into a little bit of a lightsaber fight. Pretty cool couple little scenes, you know, real short fight, nothing real flashy, but I mean, it worked for what it was. I did not notice what lightsaber Luke was using, which was the one that got destroyed in Snoke's throne room, which was Anakin's old lightsaber. So when we come to find out this whole time, Luke's been projecting his image through the force to everybody there. Now, some people's like kind of wonky on this power. I thought it was fucking awesome. Because Luke didn't just have to mind-trick Kylo Ren, who is a fucking trained Force user. He had to mind-trick every motherfucker there. Every soldier on both sides, Leia, the whole nine fucking yards. He had to mind-trick them all. They all imagined Luke Skywalker was there, and Kylo Ren thought he was in a lightsaber fight. And Luke was doing it from, you know, clear across the galaxy and on another planet. Pretty badass. I'll give him that. So, was it what I wanted? No. I wanted Luke Skywalker to fucking pull that X-Wing up out of the water, fix that bitch, and fly in and fuck shit up. That's but what everybody wanted. That's what everybody wanted. I think the scene as done worked. Here's where it falls apart for me. After the scene, after Luke creates this opening, this new hope... For the, the resistance to finally escape when Ray shows up and uses the force to move the boulders out of the back of the cave. He gives him that chance that he ensures the survival of the rebellion. Fucking awesome. That's great. And then it cuts back to whatever planet he's sitting on. He's sitting there all chilling out in his little oh, yoga stance. You skipped the part. The last what line was, he says to Kylo Ren. What was that? Catch you around, kid, or whatever it was he said. Catch you around, kid. Yeah. No, I'm going to go back to that line. Okay. Yeah, I am going to go back to that line, okay. catch you, kid. Yeah. There's a couple ways I think we can take that, and I'm really hoping J.J. Abrams does my idea. Isn't that kind of what a... Uh... Which is going to be a new force power if he does my idea. <laughs> Isn't that kind of what Han be... said? Didn't Han say that to Luke and Empire? Let's see around, kid, or something, something like, like that. that? Maybe, yeah. Yeah, when he was getting ready to leave. So, he says that to Kylo. And by the way, Mark Hamill's delivery of everything. When he's playing crazy Luke, he's doing a very good job of it. When he's playing 
Luke Luke, he's doing a great job of it. Mark Hamill knocks it out of the park in this movie. And I, I really would like to have seen if he'd been given more to do with it. But anyways, um, we cut back to Luke in his little yoga stance. And apparently the exertion of using the Force in that manner kills Luke. Or Luke gives himself up to the Force, one or the other. And like Luke, Ben did. Yeah. Yeah. And Luke disappears, drops out of his robes. Here's where I'm coming back to the see around kid. Yeah. And it's it's a beautifully shot moment. I'll give them that. They did a great job with this. As you look up and there's the twin sons of Tatooine. And then Luke's in front of that and he drops off the screen, right? All right. So what I'm hoping they do in the next movie is they throw everybody for a loop and Luke doesn't die. But he falls out of the sky on Tatooine like Michael Bean naked in the Terminator. <laughs> And lands in the streets of Mos Eisley. <laughs> and he teleported himself. <laughs> and then he comes back and whips Kylo Ren's ass. And we get what we wanted to see. But he's probably going to come back as a force ghost. Which seen, I'm cool with too. Because it's going to be Mark Hamill playing Luke Skywalker on screen. I'm good. He's CGI'd young Luke. So he's all... No, they'll just use Hayden Christensen. Fuck it. No. Okay. Hey, I'm Luke Skywalker. <laughs> No, you're not. You underestimate my power. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, that'd be funny if Luke wakes up in the netherworld and he's like, not expecting to die. And like, but, but father, why did I die? Because you overestimated your power. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So power. But yeah, I mean. There are a lot of great. This is a problem. This is the biggest problem with Last Jedi is there are a bunch of great moments, but none of them are strung together with any freaking logic or good sense, and that's and they're dragged down by all the bullshit. And I don't. And I I'm not a fan of the way Luke died. I, like I said, I thought it was shot very well. Um, it would have been better at the end of the trilogy. That would have been fine, but to have him go out in the second film, after the way we waited for. Him to show up in the first film it was pretty annoying. I know the mentor has to die, but I mean, he could have died in the third act, well, the end of the third act, and gave him that message in the next movie, or in the first or second act of the next movie. Yeah, Some, maybe, maybe Ryan knew I'm not going to get to do the third one, so uh, fuck it, I'm going to go out. I get to be the guy that killed Luke Skywalker. Yeah. So yeah, fuck him. So there was a lot of good stuff in Last Jedi. Don't get me wrong, but it is so outweighed by the other horse shit there's so many just dumb moments and everything that was good about last jedi was basically visual when i say there was good stuff everything else is absolute dog shit the uh, story the writing the majority of the acting the majority of the dialogue the plot lines everything is basically dog shit well you have one more thing to talk about race parents She's oh nobody. yeah how you feel about that Anybody can be a force builder. I feel like they sat around and said, what is the most annoying thing we can do with all these fan theories? And they went, and that's the direction they went. They, they actually thought they were subverting the fans. What they actually did was they let the fans dictate indirectly what they did with the story, in my opinion. And that was to make her parents nothing. And I, I'm fine with the lineage being nothing. I think it didn't make sense in relation to the first movie and the way Han and Leia seem to be very familiar with her. And maybe there's more to be revealed because the source of that was Kylo Ren. All right. 
So we're going to, so that's a thread that maybe is going to play out. The problem is, is we had threads that needed to play out in this movie that were set up in Force Awakens that didn't play out. So it may not ever play out, even if they try to answer it. So, and yeah, the whole everybody can be a Jedi thing was kind of dumb. And honestly, it looked like a credit card, a Disney credit card commercial at the end. The way it was shot, composited, the music, the lighting, everything. It was like a fucking Disneyland credit card commercial. Uh, it was just... I get the message, but Jesus Christ, it was just terrible. And General Akbar going out like a bitch? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Admiral Akbar dying that way. What it's a tra- it's a it's a torpedo. It's a torpedo. Yeah. Now they, I think they did a good job of Kylo Ren, like making you wonder if he's going to go to the light side or not, and then he kind of ends up because he spares Leia, and then at the end, or not at the end, but when Ray Ray thinks he's going to turn, and he doesn't turn. I, I think I thought that was that was one thing I guess I could say that they did pretty well. Well, I'm kind of wondering. Well, oh, back to the shoot. I hate to cut back on this yeah. one. The transport power that I was hoping te- Luke teleports to Tatooine. Kylo Ren and Ray are using the Force to communicate across the galaxy, like Luke did with but everybody. Snoke, Snoke did that though. Yeah, but, he was Skype. <laughs> yeah, but they're communicating like that, and Kylo's hand has water on it from the storm that's on what's her face on Ray's planet. So maybe Luke did travel in the Force. Do you see what I'm saying? Because he's Luke fucking Skywalker. If Kylo Ren's bitch ass can pull fucking water across the galaxy, why can't Luke Skywalker pop out on Tatooine naked? <laughs> I guess he's not as powerful. Dark side's more powerful. True. But he's Luke Skywalker. I'm just saying. But he's, he's more. He, he, he's more powerful though if he's one with the Force. Right, yeah, I get that. That's why he joined the Force. Just but like being that. one with the Force means he's not going to be swinging lightsabers at a bunch of bad guys. Yeah, he, can, he can shoot lightning bolts like fucking Thor now, though. Uh, I'd buy that for a dollar. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, but just... But, yeah, the movie just... Race Parentage was a bit of a letdown, but it doesn't bother me a whole lot, except for the reason why I suspect they did it. Was just to be obtuse. There was, to me, I think that J.J. Abrams had a plan, but Ryan Johnson had the writing duties for this movie, and that's the way he went. And I think Kathleen Kennedy ought to freaking pull her head out of her ass, because they have a, they basically have a collection of special effects sequences that have even less connection from one scene to the next than anything in the prequel trilogy. They just don't have as bad acting and dialogue is the difference, even though it's pretty bad a lot of the time. This, it's barely a movie. That's the problem. That's why Phantasma got cut down. Yeah. Because they asked her... But she said before, oh, she'll have a bigger role in episode... Not episode two, but where the fuck this was. Nine. Eight. 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 Yeah, eight. And she said... Well, that was basically she said that was originally the plan, but you're balancing so many stories, you can't do yeah. it. Yeah. So why did you add in like Rose and the whole Canto Bite? Oh, and I'm sorry, but Benicio del Toro's character, 
Yeah. Fuck that shit. The the fuck that shit. There was a lot of people who seemed to like him, but man, that was a fucking terrible storyline. And that would have been a good chance to use Billy D. But he just had this. He did not. That type of character doesn't fit these movies, this series at all. I don't know. And it was the stuttering tick. It was like something that I don't know. It was like something out of a Marvel movie. It just I don't know. I didn't like it. I didn't like his character at all. Not from the minute he was on screen to the last second he was on screen. I did not like that character. Hmm. It's the first time I sat in a theater and even watching Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones. I sat and watched those movies. I never had the thought about how bad anything was. Like I knew the dialogue was wooden and acting mm. was bad. Jar Jar got on my banks. Banks got on my nerves a little bit. But I didn't actually process the words "this sucks" until later. <laughs> I was about ten minutes into Star Wars: Last Jedi, and I was like, "Wow, this is fucking terrible." And I thought, "Ah, it'll get better." And I had this like constant hope throughout the movie, and it just kept getting worse. And it, it, it's it's a lot of peaks and valleys, and uh, it just it never got on track. So, would you put this on a? This is not a burn level. This is like at a rent. It's teetering it's on question, the brink man. of burn. <laughs> I would say that I feel I have a duty to watch it again. But if I was not invested in Star Wars as much as I was, if I'm just going to the movies and watching a movie, burn this motherfucker to the ground. <laughs> Wow, and I've not said that about anything Star Wars except for the Clone Wars theatrical release. That was bad. That was pretty bad. That was bad. The, the, but at least it's series, fun. The cartoon it's, series. The series itself was friggin' awesome. Both of them. Both versions. Yeah. Burn this motherfucker! Wow. If you're and see that's the thing. If you're a Star Wars fan, it's it's you're either gonna love it because it's Star Wars, or you're gonna hate it because it fucks Star Wars. One or the other. So it's like one of the biggest Star Wars nerds on the planet that I work with at another uh, facility. Uh, I run into him finally, and I said, what did you think? He's like, oh, I loved it. I watched it twice. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is the guy that has like Star Wars on everything. I don't think there's anything that's ever negative comes out of his mouth about Star Wars at all. So Yeah, I, I worked with the guy, and he when he watched um, – I don't think I talked to him about this one, but the last one came out. He's like – I loved it. One of the best films I ever saw. And I hated it. So, yeah. Oh, see, and I like Force Awakens. I like it a lot, actually. Yeah, I, I know what it is. I know it's a retro remake. Oh, yeah. But I could I could forgive that one. This one here is stretching out the freaking first half of... It's it's Empire Strikes Back in a different order. But when and it's way slower. J.J. made Star Trek. It was fucking Star Wars. And it was great. He remade the, the same fucking movie two times in a row. Yeah, yeah, you're right. True. What the hell? They're both good, though. <laughs> yeah. They played it safe with Force Awakens, and honestly, I wish they'd played it safe with this one. Yeah. I, I would have taken an Empire Strikes Back remake. It is loosely a re- an Empire Strikes Back remake. Absolutely. But... I mean, it, it, you got a walker scene on a white planet. You got little speeders trying to go out and fight him, running into the same problem. You got, 
I like the porgs, by the way, the little chicken things or bird things. I like them. You know, oh. I thought BB-8 taking over the walker was pretty cool and blasting shit. That was kind of cool, but he was like centerpiece too much. He was a little bit. He was a little over the top this time. Yeah, apparently uh, nobody gives a shit about R2 and C-3PO anymore. Yeah, I don't know why R2 can't at least be involved. That's kind of pissing me off. They didn't really need a new droid. The new droid's cool, but they didn't need him. They had R2. You did have that retro throwback moment. Uh, or maybe that was Ray and Johnson's message. We just all need to let go of the original trilogy. Well, that's what... Um, that would George help. Lucas I'm not going to deny it. That was... Yeah. yeah. I mean, he said, get rid of all the old shit. Just start fresh. Yeah. That came out. Like, not too long ago. It was like... I think it was before Lucas sold it. His idea was, well, just when you, if you episodes eight through nine. Don't even have any mention of uh, any of the old shit. Start fresh. Brand new cast of characters. All new generation. None of the old stuff. No Millennium Falcon. Nothing. And then they just completely ignored it. But. And so you have this where people are pissed off because you're killing off all the old crew and you're fucking with all the old guys. And I'm fine with killing the old crew. I am. It's got to be worthwhile. And I don't think that the placement or Luke's sacrifice in this. I mean, maybe it's just my maybe my issue is really with the placement. Well, he went out because like a he bitch. does. He saves the resistance. Yeah, but he went out like a bitch. Oh, speaking of the resistance. The dialogue about sparking, being the spark and sparking fires and sparking hope. I mean, they must say that in some version 50 different fucking ways in this movie. It is so fucking annoying. It's so poorly written and so poorly acted. It's just, I mean, have you read the script at least? No. I'm, oh my God. I've listened to several different reviews, and of course, when you listen to Kevin Smith's review, it's like, half as long as the fucking movie itself so <laughs> pretty much heard enough yeah the spark of the rebellion spark of the rebellion spark of the rebellion I bet Poe said that like 34 times it was just yeah it's like oh my god yeah we get it and yeah Luke does accomplish a lot in the movie yeah. but he he saves the rebellion so so his his question is it better than Justice League no wow no Justice League is a cohesive film. It's just not the greatest exec- – it's just not the most well-written film, but it's at least cohesive. They got a bad guy that's trying to put together a, a world weapon to destroy everything, and he's traveling around and collecting the pieces he needs to activate it and blow everybody up, and they're trying to stop him. And they go forward towards that goal the entire film. Did you see the, the last – It made sense. Last little news piece that apparently Zack Snyder was actually fired. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I saw that. I was, wonder how was it that you is. who sent me that? Yeah, I sent you that link. Yeah, yeah, some guy that was an insider sat on it for some reason back when it happened, and he was like, "Well, don't it was yeah. don't give a fuck Friday." Here's my tidbit yeah. from last year. So yeah. yes, Justice League is not a great movie. It's an okay movie. Um, the CGI, the bot, the, the boss, Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's the, a game. It's pretty much Step. A game. Yeah, Steppenwolf. He looks like shit. And, I mean, yeah, there's a couple of dumb moments in the movie, don't get me wrong. But 
they're they're heading in the right direction. Well, maybe if they now just keep evolving the way they're going. It's going to get better. We got rid of Zach. Star Wars is going backwards. We've had slight improvements with DC. We had a really good Wonder Woman movie, and they did put together all these characters and at least make a cohesive film. They just they just can't make a Flash movie. <laughs> That's the problem. You keep losing directors. Oh man, the scene where. Um, the Flash thinks he's going to run around behind Superman when Superman's like pissed off and confused when he gets resurrected. On his eyes, just. And he tracks fucking the Flash, dude. That was fucking chilling. That was badass. Yeah. It was like they finally got this motherfucker yeah. right. Superman they just, just looks at him like, "I see Superman you, motherfucker." Is a fucking badass. Yeah. And not a punching bag, and it was great. They they did Superman right in this movie. Yeah. Minus apparently, there's some digital bitching or bitching about his mustache being removed digitally and it doesn't look natural that that I, was because he was under contract right and he cannot shave his beard and they're just flexing their muscles i couldn't put my finger on it when i was watching the movie what looked off about henry cavill and then when i read that story i looked okay yeah all right i thought maybe he'd had like surgery or something yeah. So, yeah, if there was one theater still playing Justice League versus Star Wars, guess you Justice League. <laughs> You'll be half as pissed off, at least. Well, I guess if you got a chance to rent one on iTunes, rent Justice League. Yeah. Yeah, it was a... I mean, like I said, guys, it's just an okay movie. It's just... And there's some shit that'll piss some people off. Maybe they'll say, well, it's bad. But in my opinion, it was okay. Like a six. Star Wars. One. Like a four. Three, maybe. Yeah, something a low score. I mean, it did have a beginning, middle, and end, sort of. <laughs> I think the beginning of the movie was the uh, opening credits. The middle was the movie, and the end was the end credits. I don't think they got yeah. what Act 1, 2, and 3 means. Well, at least you get to see Kylo Ren with his shirt off, right? There's been so many good memes about that. <laughs> so many good memes. Yeah. They were, the interaction between those two was pretty good. Like I said, there's some good stuff in it. Just it's not a co- it's not cohesive. It was just a jumbled mess. Yeah. Burn it. Burn it. Burn it to the Burn ground. It. Rent Rent Justice League <laughs> and buy Jumanji. Yeah, buy Jumanji whenever it comes out. Yep. Alright. Well hope you guys enjoy this. <laughs> Alright. Goodbye.